on this week's episode of Marketing O'Clock. TikTok is rolling out even longer videos, something our listeners know our stance on all too well. 10-minute version, Taylor's version, from the vault. Also, follow Google's lead, offline that is, as enhanced conversions begin rolling out. Sit back, folks. On today's show, I tell two stories about web stories. All on today's show. Welcome, you are listening to Marketing O'Clock. Just stay tuned. Digital marketing news, but let's get specific. Digital ads, SEO, and analytics, social media, and more. Pretty much everything that'll make your website perform. New shows every Friday. We give you the news with sass and puns and definitely high takes. Thank you for tuning in. You know what time it is. It's officially marketing o'clock. Settle in, sit back, keep it locked. Hey there, I'm Christine Zernhel. AKA Shep. I'm Jess Bud. And I'm Greg Finn. And it is officially marketing o'clock. Here on March 4th, 2022. Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us for another show. Thank you for joining us for another week. And it has been definitely a really weird and devastating week for a lot of people. We definitely want to start here by sending our thoughts and prayers and good vibes and all things good to everyone in Ukraine. Our thoughts are with you for sure. And it feels weird to be working at all, especially doing a podcast. But we are here every week to bring you the news. And we're going to try to bring a smile to your face today also. Yes. And just a note, a former sponsor, Ahrefs, has put out a, a very generous message and, and generous offer to everybody. In case you don't know, the founder of Ahrefs and many of our contacts over at Ahrefs are actually in the Ukraine. So this really hits home. And they are going to, if you're looking to donate, they've got a list of where they would donate, you know, from Ukrainians themselves. So that's phenomenal. You can go check that out over at Ahrefs.com. And what they're going to do is if you donate on any of those approved um, locations, they're going to extend your HRF subscription for double of that. So, you know, if you are looking, you should not need reasons to donate to this, but this is just a very generous offer that they have. And again, to Shep's point, thoughts are with them and we wish, you know, that this is all hopefully over quickly. Definitely. All right. So getting into what's up with us this week. I don't know if anybody followed along. It seemed like a bunch of people are following along to the vacation that I had out in Cleveland. We went, <laughs> literally went to Cleveland to watch a Cavaliers game to see Darius Garland, my favorite player, play. He did not play. <laughs> <laughs> I had a jersey on. My wife had a jersey on, and he didn't play. So, it, But it still was, was fun overall. And I just feel like things are back. I feel like, you know, at least that's one kind of good thing we have going on. It was just electric to be around a crowd. And then Friday, I'm going to a concert, my first concert since all Bruno 19 happened here. So I'm Congrats. really excited about it. It was one of my top three concerts ever. So I'm just, in that side of things, it's exciting that it seems that the everything has kind of died down a little bit here. Who yeah. are you going to see? <laughs> I feel like you left that out intentionally. <laughs> I'm going to see a DJ. Oh. Bonobo. Is he going to be on marketing a playlist? Are they? They may be at the end of the show. <laughs> awesome. Jess, what's going on with you? Well, as you know, I am a small potatoes lady. I have to live in the small moments <laughs> since I'm a small business owner and a mother. So I don't get out much. I recently rediscovered the sheer thrill, adrenaline rush, joy, sticking your tongue on a nine volt battery. 
What? When is the last time you guys have done that? Literally never, Jess. What is wrong with you? Right. And I thought like, oh, I remember this being so cool when I was in eighth grade. No, it is still just as fun. We were hanging out with some friends. We all got in on it. Somebody left several batteries in the tip jar at the shop is what happened. We're like, what are we supposed to do with these? I know. And it was just a blast. And I just feel like it's the small joys in life. And I'm going to say for them. Wow. That's not shocking in the least. I'm feeling very recharged (laughs) after that. That is really, really sad. (laughs) Welcome to my life. Definitely not shocking. Well, something that was a little shocking I um I obviously met Jess's baby when he was born a couple <laughs> years ago and then um Bruno 19 happened so we kind of drifted apart and then I got to see him again for the first time maybe a month ago when the store reopened with my daughter and Jess was sending me videos in the weeks after and she's it's him saying ship ship <laughs> and I'm like oh what an honor. Like, I'm at the top of this kid's mind. He, I must have really made an impression. How amazing. And she's sending me multiple videos over weeks. And finally, we all got together last weekend to go to a children's museum. And Jess and her husband decided to break the news to me that it wasn't me he was talking about. He was talking about a character from Blippi the Musical. The farmer's name was Shep. I didn't know. Well, I knew that because I was there, but I didn't realize that's what he was calling back to because I kept saying Eliza's mommy, Shep. So I always thought so he's like, you. no, the farmer, Shep. <laughs> he's talking about her in the bathtub, like random times. And then one day he's like, why is she not find her sheep? Shep's a farmer. And I thought, oh, the Shep I know is not a farmer. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Yeah, so that kind of ruined my week. But <laughs> thanks. And we actually have some really good news to start the show this week. Google Ads is rolling out enhanced conversions for leads. Don't get this confused with enhanced conversions for web, which are for advertisers who went, want to track sales and events that happen on their website. These are specifically for advertisers who want to track sales that happen off of their website. So things like phone or email, anything like that from website leads. So this offers an alternative to the existing Google Click ID based offline conversion tracking method, which I was really excited about. I took over an account this year with tons of ads and tons of extensions. And we had a problem because we were tracking offline leads and some of the extensions had been redirected and the G clip dropped off and mm. it messed up conversion tracking. So this seems like it would get around that issue and it seems like a better option. Um, so I have this handy little infographic on here. Actually, I don't know if I would call this an infographic. It's like cute icons. <laughs> it's like a step-by-step. Step. Yeah, there's words and pictures. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm going to take you through the steps here. So a user clicks on an ad and arrives on your site. Then they browse your site and read about your product. Then they can fill out a form on your site and become a lead for your business. Your website sends Google hashed lead information, like their email address, that you specify. Then... You store the lead information in your CRM database. And finally, when the lead converts or becomes a customer, you upload the hash lead information. Google matches the hash information back to the ad that drove the lead and you get credit for that conversion. So it seems a lot simpler. Um, Big note here, enhanced conversions will only work for conversion types where customer data is present like subscriptions, signups, and purchases or are one or more of the following pieces of customer data must be available. So they prefer email addresses, and I think that makes the most sense, but you could also have name and address or phone number as well. Um, So yeah, like I said before, if you were doing anything like this before this change in Google Ads, you had to configure it in your CRM and import everything. This will make offline tracking a lot easier for more advertisers, and they have a guide right in there for how to set it up in GTM. So 
I think it's going to be more accessible for more people. Definitely yeah. welcome I, news. I dig it too because not everybody signed into their Google account, you know, on business or at home. And I know that there's obviously cross device issues, but I think that's one of the bigger ones, especially from a B2B standpoint. So, you know, you might, it, it hopefully should track more of that. You know, mm-hmm. like if you're at work and you're not logged into your personal email and you search like a rat suit or something like that and you put in an inquiry, but then you buy it at home, fresh, mm-hmm. you'll still get Google Ads credit for that. Why would you buy that? Shep the farmer might, but not the shep. <laughs> yeah, shep the farmer to keep all the birds away. <laughs> Disgusting. <laughs> Jess, do you have news for us? I do. I think it's also good news maybe for some, it's not bad news. It's just, it's news. So earlier this week, some folks spotted a notification in their TikTok accounts saying that they could upload longer videos up to 10 minutes long from their device, which is double what we reported in the main news section a few weeks ago. You might remember that story from Chris Stokel Walker at Stokel on Twitter. He shared a screenshot back then of a notification he got saying that he was able to upload a five minute video on the platform. He was one of the recipients of this lovely 10-minute notification, so he reached out to TikTok officially for more information and then tweeted that, quote, new, a TikTok spokesperson confirms we are all getting 10-minute videos. Today, we are excited to start rolling out the ability to upload videos that are up to 10 minutes, which we hope would unleash even more creative possibilities for our creators around the world. That's crazy. 10 minutes is a long time. Do you remember when you were a kid and the animated shows would be cut in half and it would actually be two episodes? Like, didn't Rugrats do that? Oh, yeah. It was like an episode, but it had two stories in it. Yeah. That's literally what this is. I never thought of it that way. an episode of Rugrats. That's kind of a lot. You could almost tell the entire story of Passover. I think they crossed that over multiple episodes. (laughs) I always love that one. And you know what? I bet they will upload. Somebody will upload that episode. So I'll get to watch it and enjoy it. Yeah. It's crazy. I don't know. I mean, we talked about this at length, not 10 minutes worth, <laughs> when uh, the news broke about five minutes uh, a couple weeks ago. But I think in case you weren't with us at the time, there's a couple points to reiterate. Go ahead and test longer form. It might work. Testing is always good, especially if you already have an engaged following on the TikTok platform. You can see how this goes. But don't just pivot your entire strategy in this direction just because it's available. Because again, if you missed it, a couple weeks ago when we were talking about it, TikTok had released some survey results from users where they said users are spending a ton of time on the platform, right? Far more than 10 minutes, but they're consuming a lot of content in that time and they did find longer videos stressful. So we might see that phase that out fact. if more people <laughs> adopt this, but like, don't just be like, oh, TikTok's 10 minutes now. All my TikTok videos should be 10 minutes. Don't do that. Please do not do that. The other thing that's aggravating is Reels is still one minute. <laughs> yeah, I mean, at shorts, least for us is one minute. Shorts is one minute for everybody. Well, shorts should not be 10 minutes. That's an, that's an aptly named <laughs> a YouTube. thing. Right. But I don't know. I just don't want people to go crazy. I did see some good long form TikTok content. These two nerds were talking about match types. Oh. It's like 20 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> it was really long. But yeah, that one was too long for reels, but not too long for TikTok. You can't keep this stuff straight. I know. What are you talking about specifically, Shep? Oh, I'm talking about we're back on TikTok, everybody. <laughs> We made a fully produced tick. Well, I should not say that. It, a lot of work went into it. We made a TikTok trying to explain exact match because it's not exact match anymore and it's very confusing. And to explain that, it takes a full three minutes. And we yes. really didn't even get to do it justice. So we well, could reshoot it now in 10 minute format. Yeah. Oh. 
But that's why they need to make TikToks 10 minutes long so that we can all talk about Google ads because nothing's one minute's worth of information. Yeah. I think it's nice to have a buffer, right? You can say what you need to say. And if you can't say it in 10 minutes, you're on the wrong platform. Mm-hmm. But again, I just hope we don't start to see Rugrats episodes on the TikTok. I wouldn't worry. <laughs> all right. And from Sasha George, the founder of tldrmarketing.com, a great source of marketing news and a newsletter you should check out. He has seen a shopping component for web stories that are coming soon. So, and he goes on to say in his tweet that Google is throwing a lot of talent into shopping features these days. So there's a GitHub tutorial about everything that happens with the shopping. There'll be a GIF that's up on screen if you're watching on YouTube youtube.marketingclock.com. It looks pretty cool. You can see the image. And if in the example, there's a yellow chair. My, I take a little bit of umbrage with this. It's a, it's a fabric chair. And when you click on it, you get one of those yellow plastic chairs is what it shows. Like take a little time and just make it like match the chairs together if you're actually showing how it should work. But whatever. Anyway, you can see a price tag. You can see a little bit of information. And you can see uh, a logo as well. So the elements that you can click on include um, a data product ID, a custom icon, and then custom text. So um, again, it looks very, very nice. The example as well, you can kind of swipe up to see everything that's there on the page. I don't know if you saw that or not, but I like the fact that the brass lamp in the example is from Lampco. (laughs) The abstract art was from VArtsy. The yellow, yellow chairs from Cherico and the flowers were from very long flower company name. They oh looked my like God. they were like so beta good. testing it or yeah. something to see what it would look like. They're long flowers too, so it's works double. Can you imagine just clicking and buying a twelve hundred dollar piece of abstract art from an ad? From I'd be story. very so, concerned. Yeah, from a story that's so expensive. Also, that yellow chair. Jess, I'm sorry that you're going to have to dig it up again, but it's very reminiscent of that amazing photo you have. What is it again? The toilet the seat. The orange chair with the, per- the toilet seat cover. Yes, that would make a you fantastic think about story. That? Yeah, I'll dig it up. You'll remember it when you see it. Jess has this amazing piece of photography, and it's an orange chair, kind of reminiscent of this one with a toilet seat cover on it. And that would be a great shoppable story. It's from That's grad school. Saying. I was burning a lot of hours. Okay, and, well, yeah. check it out. It's an art piece. Community.marketingclock.com <laughs> or youtube.marketingclock.com. There's also a lot of really good um, additional information on how to launch these. So they show exactly like where the price currency will show, the price, the icon, the tag. They did a great job in this GitHub explaining everything. Um, and it's all up on screen right now. So check it out and you can go get the link to this if you want markingclock.com forward slash newsletter and you get all the stories in your inbox each week additionally there's more happening to stories and that's why this is main news here google is investing a lot into stories and i still feel like nobody talks about stories other than glenn gabe Uh, so and george and i guess uh samuel schmidt too but there are now forms coming so if you were one of these b2b folks out there that was upset that they don't have anything to shop, well, you can now build your own forms. And there's not just a newsletter form, you can actually customize this as well. So they have three examples of how you can use forms in your stories. One is the email version where you can build brand awareness. 
Another is that publishers and small businesses can secure leads, which is really nice. It looks very, very, a lot of times with some of the AMP stuff and stories, it, it's kind of bare bones, but this looks very nice. I'd say there's, there's design and everything in the actual form itself and it really fits the story. So that's great. And then lastly, they say you can um, nurture and convert leads. So this, it, that seems a lot like securing leads, but basically you can be <laughs> notified of things as well. Um, so there's again, very good information. This one is over on the AMP blog. So don't sleep on stories. <clears throat> And we should put that on our list, our to-do list. For marketing o'clock. Yeah. yeah. We should have a, a newsletter sign up on there. So we're, we're just slammed with work. But once we <laughs> are, we'll make one and we'll test out the lead form and get back to you. Now it's time for this week's Take of the Week. This is a hashtag fire digital marketing take with extra spice served up for you. We simply deliver the take for your consumption. We give no opinions. We don't influence. You make the call. This week's take of the week comes from at human propensity on Twitter. Their name used to be Federated Learning of Corn Dogs, and now it's Federated what? Learning of Cook a Combo Breaker from the old game, the Nintendo 64 game. Why can't I think of the name of it? Goldeneye? No, the one where you can com- break it, you put combos and you have a combo breaker. You talking about the snack? No, it's it's the the combo breaker. I'll look it up in a minute and get back to you. But anyway, human propensity says. Big tech privacy changes are a lot like, quote, we removed 80% of the hidden cameras in the bathroom. Ew. <laughs> like, yeah, that's great. There's still a camera in the bathroom. <laughs> Do you remember that one restaurant we used to go to that had what I think was a camera in the bathroom? What? Yeah, they had one of those like owls that's supposed to scare people, but it has like it had a hole in it that I thought was definitely a camera. That's... Not The owls don't scare people. It scares birds away. Do you know what I'm talking about? No. Yes, oh, I, yes. where was that? Oh, I don't want to blow the restaurant in. Oh, I know. We ate tacos there. Yes. Yeah. yeah we, had, we brought our own hot sauce. <laughs> Killer Instinct was the name of the game, folks. No? Not okay. familiar. Nope. <laughs> now it's time for this week's ICYMI. ICYMI, people. This is something you just might not have seen. Maybe something that you overlooked, but you shouldn't have. I see why am I people Brett Westerman at Brett Westerman has a friendly reminder for us in Google ads. Smart bidding pretends your bid adjustments, including time of day, do not exist. Sure. They still let you make the platform edits and then quietly laugh at your futility. Mm. This is so true. There's some of them where it'll give you a little notification when it changes your bid strategy, but it doesn't all the time. And people just forget. And I didn't know that this little chart existed. I think it's kind of new. Um, but in the Google Ads Help Center, he has a screenshot of a little chart that has every bid adjustment type and every bid strategy, and it says whether or not it's compatible. Some of them are only compatible if it's like 100% device bid adjustment. Um, so I think that's a really handy bookmark for people. So thanks, Brett. Now it's time for this week's pew, pew, lightning round. At this point in the show, we split up our content into three parts. Pay organic, and social. First up in the paid universe this week from Christina in our Discord community. She says she recently enabled enhanced conversions for web in Google Ads and today noticed this cool pop-up with little data changes from it. 
might be worth looking at if you're using them. It's on the conversion and then summary page, hover over the status to get it. And we'll include the screenshot um, in the YouTube video so you can see. But this is really cool. It says that there were 2% more conversions because that she turned on enhanced conversions. So this seems like something that a lot of people should be testing. Thanks for sharing, Christina. We should make a clock skirt for somebody that finds the most new things. And I think I like Christina's that. like in the lead. Oh, yeah. Lawrence is up there too. Thanks Andrea for sharing a word. Mm-hmm. Brett. Just one, one word, Brett. <laughs> there's a couple <laughs> Bretts. But there's only one, just Brett. Yeah, agree. We know who he is. And from PPC Greg, the only just Greg. Starting <laughs> April 25th, 2022. This is a screenshot from Google Ads. So I should have said that in the first place. Starting April 25th, 2022, we'll be auto-upgrading all remaining TrueView for action campaigns, which run as standard ad groups, to video action campaigns, which run as responsive ad groups. As part of the auto-upgrade, campaigns that are opted out of Google Video Partners and YouTube Search will be updated to include those networks. There ain't no upgrade like an auto upgrade, you know? <laughs> I just like that you're opted out. You're like, oh, I'm opted out. Oh, you know, let me upgrade you. And opt you back in. Yeah. That makes no sense. Um, and Rob Bettis replied and said, this poop emoji is exhausting. <laughs> I'm with you, Rob. <laughs> okay. Mike Ryan at Mike Ryan Retail says, it's time to migrate. Tell that to the bird who pooped on my car this week, Mike Ryan. Okay. <laughs> he says, in the Google Ads editor... You can select no responsive search ads under custom rules and see which of your ad groups don't have any RSAs yet. In order to use the rule, just filter at, filter for it at the ad group level. I didn't know this existed. He has a handy screenshot. That is something that everyone should be adding to their list to check before ETAs are gone forever. You got to make sure you have them. And from Lawrence Chassis at L Chassis on Twitter, Spotify sent over some stats on combining audio and video ads in a campaign. He has a fun spot of fact. Cute. That's a new one. Cute. Combining video and audio ads in a campaign increases ad recall by 90% and can result in a 2.2x increase in brand awareness. Thanks, Lauren. You know, you're making us aware, so thanks. And we have another tip here from Dario Zanoni, also a major player in Discord, but this one was from Twitter. At Dario Zanoni on Twitter. It looks like custom dashboards are now available for manager accounts in Google Ads. I don't really use Google Ads dashboards and prefer to view things through Data Studio. Does anyone else find these convenient? If yes, for what kind of use? I personally have not used any of these either. Um, we have some great people on our team who build me beautiful Data Studio dashboards. So I don't have <laughs> yeah. to. We're spoiled. You can do here. so much awesome <laughs> stuff in Data Studio. It's yeah, true. but I'm happy these are available for people. I mean, <laughs> more data, the better. Okay, and from Robert Brady, he has a question he put out there this week for PPC chat. Who is testing ETAs versus fully pinned RSAs that are identical? So you're just pinning things to one, two, and three, which is a sneaky way to get around it. He yeah. says, what are the results looking like? Andre Cruz just cuts right to the point <laughs> that Google gives <laughs> all the impressions to the RSA. I'm just not surprised, but that's really sad. And then Lauren's chassis replied and said, ETAs also seem to be getting less of the impressions, even if they're outperforming RSAs, which makes getting the RSAs working even more important. This is just really sad. 
via George Wynn for search engine land, Google removed app campaign placement data from the ads and AdWords API reports. Here's a quote from Google about why they decided to do this for us. We made this change because the data provided didn't fully represent the complete view of the placements that helped developers monitor brand safety for their advertisers. End quote. Well, you know what, Google? <laughs> now they have no view unless they go all over the place, some report that I'm about to tell you about. I think you're taking it off of them because you don't want people to know their ads are in apps and you want them to pay for all those clicks that they don't want. Who would believe this? Not me. Not me. Okay. So well, maybe they're just doing it for the greater good. They are not. What? That sentence doesn't even that make sense. <laughs> He's shivering. Didn't fully represent the complete view of placements that help developers <clears throat> monitor brand safety for their advertisers. So they get a better view by taking things away. In what world does that make any sense? Google world. Mm-hmm. They don't even care. They're just like, oh, you know what I'm going to say? You know what reason I'm going to give? It's going to give people a more complete view. Just taking cues Literally from Microsoft do on the that opposite one. Mm-hmm. And then say something that could, in no dimension, make sense. Well, I guess they said it didn't provide, it didn't fully represent the complete view, but they're not saying this new one will represent it at all either. So, okay, I guess they're right there. Okay, anyway, if you're an API user and you want to see app placements, you need to. See the app campaign brand safety report, which can be accessed only in the Google Ads UI. So have fun, everybody. And I bet at some point you're going to see significant placements and and things that are deemed not significant placements. Please don't manifest that. What do you think? Everything's going to be placed there. Why do you think they're getting it out of the API? They're trying to make everything more difficult so they can put your ads with things that you would never want your brand associated with, or it's garbage inventory that is kids playing video games on their parents' phone or people fat-fingering on an app. And then they keep having to change how you exclude apps. I've got to re-look it up every time. Update our blog post. It's such a nightmare. Okay. I'm sorry about that. Julie Buccini agrees. She says, I think we are headed for less control with exclusions generally for Google Ads. Already, they're in Performance Max campaigns too. If they get rid of placements, showing all placements, I will quit display. Just putting it out there. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Done. <laughs> okay, and Christina from our Discord community has another one here. She saw in her Amazon advertising account that they are introducing multiple ad groups for sponsored display. You can now create multiple ad groups when you create your campaign. And she says, finally, I'm not in Amazon, so I don't feel your pain, but I'm really happy for you, Christina. And from David Herman at Herman Digital, he has some interesting data for us this week via Twitter. He says TikTok ads tends to have a much higher one-day click performance than Facebook. This is at scale 100K plus an MAS behind them. Facebook, however, over a seven-day period still nets out stronger when factoring clicks and views. My working theory is that TikTok is driving better traffic in the initial click that is helping feed Facebook signals. In essence, all channels help one another, and it's critical to have diversification more. You know, speaking of helping one another, thank you for sharing that beautiful insight, David. He's yeah, always giving us that great is super tips. nice. Never keeping it to himself. Okay, and Susan Winograd asked a question that we've all been having, having on our minds. She says, as liaison, is there any ETA for editor supporting performance max campaigns? And Jenny said, 
yes, the next version release will support Performance Max. That's exciting. I wonder if there's anything you'll be able to like tweak in editor that you can't do online. I have an answer for you. No. No. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. I'm still gonna try. It's always worth a add shot. Performance Max in in your recommendations. An oh. editor. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it'll be there. Okay, well that is it for paid. Oh no, it's not because I have a little self promo here. <laughs> I wrote a blog post last week, um, mainly for myself because I always forget <laughs> how to do this about how to opt out of automated extensions in Google Ads. It's really hard to find it, and they just made a change. It sounds like they're going to be showing up more than ever. They've also improved reporting, and I cover that in that in the blog post. Listen, I'm not saying you have to read it, okay? But PPC Greg did, and he retweeted <laughs> it. Thanks, PPC Greg. He said, insert classic infomercial. There's got <laughs> to be a better way sound. And it's so true. It's so hard to turn these off. And he also asks Jenny if there's a better way to do it and to please help us. I would appreciate it too, Jenny. Okay, that's really it for paid. What's happening in organic? All right. And big news news from Charles Farina at Charles Farina on Twitter. There's two new updates to GA4, everybody's favorite. Google Optimize has released two new updates to Google Analytics 4 properties. One, you can now use Google Ads audience targeting with the GA4 integration, which is great. So you can use landing page personalization and experiments. And then secondly, Google Optimize now exports data to GA4 BigQuery integration. So you can see Google Analytics 4 is not going away. They keep putting more into it, just like stories, just like all the things we tell you to look at. Did anyone have anything bad to say about this? Oh, I'm sure any SEO. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good to me. Everybody but Sarah here. Um, all right, and oh, what's that noise? It's time for Barry's Charts with Greg. All right, and this comes from Search Engine Roundtable. Google search ranking algorithm update on February 24th, unconfirmed, and Barry has made the statement. I know a lot of folks will point fingers at the page experience update, but like I said, that update will take several weeks to roll out and is not expected to shake up the search results much at all. So he doesn't think that's what people are seeing in the volatility in the last week of February there. And he goes on to say, some people are calling this a huge update, saying it's bigger for them than any core update. Others are reporting drops of 20% of their traffic, while some are saying they see half of what they normally see from Google, which is pretty crazy. There's also a bunch of comments that were helpful over on Search Engine Roundtable. One person said, this update, if confirmed, is awful. It gives sponsored content and press release websites more rankings. And other people say it, they're just getting crushed with this. But we've got charts here, folks, and that's what matters. And some of the big winners, there were really two that just stood right out. It was advanced web ranking. And I just saw stegosauruses when I looked at this chart. I really loved it. It just brought... Just warmed my my little heart right up. You, you see those? See I see it now that you say that. You see yeah. multiple? Yes, there's two. One's kind of hiding, and, and then there's there's a giant one. You have to circle them on the I YouTube. I thought it was just one with his little tail. Yeah, it could be that too. Mm -hmm. Who knows? But it didn't win, unfortunately, because it got crushed by a different chart. One from Rank Ranger that looks exactly like a caliper. A what? Caliper for measuring small things. Like if you're looking at a piece of metal and you're trying to measure the thickness of the metal, you use a caliper. And this looks exactly like a caliper to me. 
I can't say that's something I've ever encountered. No. A caliper? And you can see it right there in the notes. He pasted it in for have, us, folks. Have you ever used a digital caliper? It looks nothing like a the chart. A digital one. It'll change your life. It's an upside-down caliper. What, you, what am I going to use it for? My spaghetti squash? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Hmm. Um, and that was Barry's Charts with Greg. A, Wait, which one won? The caliper one. The caliper one. That one? How could that lose? <laughs> it looks like an actual digital caliper. Everybody that looked at that has said that to me. <laughs> uh, and that was Barry's Charts with Greg, a audio program about visual charts. Next up, also from Barry Schwartz, he tweets, so YouTube moved the full description to the top right when you click to show more. It took me a, a bit for me to find it. And if you are putting links to your content, it is worth checking out what is showing for Barry. Barry hit show more. And generally, it accordions down. In this case, it is going on the far right side of things, which is, I think this is a very odd and bad user experience. Mm, Why would you want agreed. to say show more and then have to go look in a completely different location? Even the chapters are up there. But it says show more again. So it just moves it and you have to click it again. Do you see that? I'm not sure. I didn't replicate this. But if you do, have, do get a lot of traffic from links in your YouTube description, it's something to watch out for. Mm -hmm. Definitely put UTMs on everything and make sure that you're not seeing a huge drop off. If not, you're probably going to see people just putting links earlier in the description. So this is a bad experience. Nobody wants this. It's gross. Right? You want to, everything should accordion out. Why would you put it in a different spot? I would just think it was broken and keep clicking it yeah. and never see that. This actually seems like something you would turn into a little game. We're like go? filling We're out a caption. It. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. And next up in a woman after chef's heart news at Lily Ray NYC on Twitter. Lily Ray has made a discovery about some of the Google SERPs. And she was specifically looking for the best disco anthems. Oh. And she says, this is kind of a big deal. The screenshot when she put in best disco anthems is an entire page of disco anthems. I can't There's that they're the many? best or not. Is take the time, do it right, like in the top 10. You're going to have to look because I'm reporting on the news, but you can get back to us. And Lily says, I wonder how impressions are counted to the results included in the carousel or, you know, how many people click on them. And then when she was searching, she showed another example underneath the songs. There is a bunch of information from other locations specifically it appears she clicked on Night Fever by the Bee Gees and you can see a lot of other websites out there so one would be 60 best disco songs for wedding another would be the best disco songs of all time when night fever is in there and it's highlighted and that little snippet of text is brought into the expansion so was your song in there Shep? i don't see it at all but i do respect the high placement of don't leave me this way in the top five i also feel That's, like lily disco, would enjoy your yeah, wedding yeah. playlist disco inferno is not in my top 10 Okay, and you're you're a disco expert, yeah. certified, right? I, I I mean I've been to the world's largest disco like five times. VIP, I hear. Yeah. Okay. All right. Next up from Brett Westerman at Brett Westerman on Twitter. Give him a follow, folks, and you can listen to his interview. It was really good on Real Marketers podcast. You just got to search for it yourself. But Brett says, does your brand want to have their YouTube videos sampled as background audio for random YouTube shorts videos? No. Well, that's the default setting right now. And he goes on to say, you can fix 
this across all channel videos easily. You go to YouTube Studio, select all videos, edit, short sampling, and then you just click don't allow sampling. That's a terrible idea. It's insane. Yes. And Brett goes on to say, though Bailey DeWitt made a good point, even after bulk updating for opt-out, any new videos uploaded are pre-checked again for short sampling. I just tested, and he's got another screenshot. So this is a constant edit we'll need to all remember. So when you put your videos up, if you don't want somebody to sample it, you every time have to unclick the sample button. But it's shorts, so no one's doing it, right? I wouldn't take the risk, okay? I make a lot of flubs. I can't really talk on this show, and I don't want anyone sampling it. For the record, every one of our videos is sampleable. So folks, feel free to sample away shop. No, thank you. <laughs> Next up, call him Glenny Googs, as the one and only what? Glenn Gabe <laughs> is in the news by way of Brody Clark. And Brody said, check it out. Glenn Gabe and I are both ranking for the search term Google on Google. Whoa. How do they do this, you may be thinking? Something we've been talking about for a long time. Stories. Visual stories are pulling in. And not only is Glenn there, Brody's there. A bunch of people talking about Google. That's a very broad term to have stories come through from SEOs. If that doesn't illustrate the power of stories, I don't know what to tell you. Glenn Gabe is ranking for Google about the December 2021 Google product reviews update story that he made. But everybody's losing their mind about Core Web Vitals. Nobody talks about stories except Glenn Gabe. Should no. we golf clap? I feel like that's like... And I've been seeing a lot for recipes... And it's a way better experience scrolling past everyone's life story versus just clicking through. It's a lot better. Do people put stories like in their stories like the life story? It's part? a lot better. Okay. It's not as egregious. So I feel like it's just making the web a better place. <laughs> and making mobile, my muffins I, better. I still don't like that experience on desktop when you see stories, but it kind of feels wrong. No, yeah. All right. Next up from Clockscrew winning winner, Amanda at finding Amanda on Twitter. She says, I noticed this filter on Google Shopping. Not sure it's going to make a big difference for the little guys, but I appreciate the effort. And PPC chat, Google Ads. And what she found was you can filter now and show only buy on Google, on sale, or you can hit smaller stores. And this I'm all, I'm all for. Google always says they like small, medium-sized business. At least now you're letting people find things that aren't these giant behemoths out there. So I dig this. Something that I don't dig from the shopping side of things is that <laughs> Etsy sellers are going to have to pay 30% higher transaction fees beginning in April, according to George Wynn over on Search Engine Land. Those fees, they just moved from 3.5 to 5 in 2018. It's now moving from 5 to 6.5%. So shareholder, that's good. If you're a yeah. seller, that's not great. So, you know. I don't know what other great options you have out there. You have eBay, and then you really might be better off building a good social audience and trying to sell, you know, via social. I don't know. It's tough. Or build your own website, you know. Give us a call. Cypressnorth.com. All right, next up, we have a big win for all the little Davids out there everywhere. The Goliath Google will shut down its book on Google options for hotels as of May 25th due to low usage from both partners and consumers. They say, but over time, we've seen that most people prefer to book directly on partner websites, whether through the hotel itself or with an OTA. And I like how they're like the partner websites. So 
Bro, that's the site. The hotel isn't a partner website. Yeah, well, are they talking about Expedia? Well, they say prefer to book on partner websites, whether through the hotel itself mm. or with an OTA. I They're just think partnering with Google. Yeah. yeah, no. Why would you do that? Like, you could have points with Expedia or something. But other than that, why wouldn't you just book through the hotel? It always gets you in trouble when you check in and, like, don't have as many freebies as other people and you can't cancel it and stuff. But I think that's that's the whole problem with this yeah. is there's not a ton of transparency. People are worried about that. A lot of these smaller locations or smaller stores, as Amanda would say, might not have the technology to get everything going right. And people mm -hmm. just aren't used to it. And then there are so many other value add products out there that are like the Hotel Tonight and things like that, that I don't know. People don't need Google yeah. for this stuff. So uh, to me, I'm, I'm, I'm not saying this is like the end of the story here, but this is a big win for people that are worried about, you know, quote unquote, zero click or Google cannibalizing all the SERPs. Um, and uh, again, Google might come back here and just snap all the slingshots of David. But for now, it is a win in the hotel process. All right, next up in not news, news, but we already had an ICYMI news. The OG Kenny Hyder had a tweet that said, I just became aware that Google Analytics only allows one login to access a maximum of, of 100 accounts. Why? Question mark. I knew that, but I didn't know what Manaham Ani, at Manaham Ani on Twitter said. He said, if you reach out to support, they can increase your limit. My guess is it's a legacy limitation or related to spam issues. So I didn't know that. No. You can just get more accounts. Just reach out. Pretty cool. All right, next up, there was a great article, well, a thread from the Ryan King on Twitter, Ryan Bren Breslow. He was talking about Shopify eating their ecosystem. It was a great look with very detailed, he brought the receipts, the shop would say, <laughs> where he looked at all the timeline of what Shopify has done with their app system, saying that they are partners for all their app developers, and then they go, they cherry pick, much like an Amazon, and actually recreate and make apps that will be their own internal Shopify apps that will then put the apps out of business. It was a fantastic thread. Don't miss it. Community.marketingclock.com. It'll be there on Friday. He likes disco too, it looks like. Yeah, he's got, got a, little a little dancing, dancing man. man. <clears throat> All right. And spotted by David Mim at David Mim on Twitter, the Mimster. He says, <laughs> interesting. Google is now giving SEO classes. Of course. Oh SEO my God. Listen, you think I'm going to zig and I might zag and zig. But <laughs> the Grow with Google class, that, or virtual event webinar is technically the name, and it's, it's at capacity. It's called Workshop Topic Drive Traffic to Your Website with SEO, hosted by Zen business. And of course, everybody was up in arms about this. Google generally tries, since Danny Sullivan got to Google, they've actually linked out to many helpful articles off the top of my head on the EAT side of things. They've linked to other web proprietors out there. Like Google makes videos and things with like I, I like it when when Martin is talking to Mike King or Glenn Gabe or Lily Ray or something like that. Google does talk to different members of the community, and it does. It's not that egregious that they talk to a business in particular. It seems like you are co-signing this company, right? Like it mm -hmm. seems like you're you're 
giving them credibility. And as long as Google has vetted the company and it's something like that, I don't really care. I get why people are, are mad because it is a little bit of a competitive advantage. So you would have to think that Google is out there and they're like, all right, it's Zen business. We're going to talk about how to do SEO with Zen business. We're instantly going to give them credibility. We need to make sure that this is a legit source and all that. And I don't really care about that. Like Brad Geddes used to help with Google ads training and things like this. It's like people need help. And as long as it's good help, I don't really see the problem with it. So I went to zenbusiness.com. <laughs> okay. And I'm going to read you a couple articles here. First article, trading links, Dash, any real value? This article is from Gail Hornback in August 2021. So a year ago is when the publish date was on this. She says, we receive at least one or more form letter emails every day telling us that one of our sites has been visited and our link has been added to the site with a request to return the link. These are from automated link trade programs that list hundreds, even thousands of sites categorized in various ways. My guess is that these pages are not pursued very often. I don't spend any time looking through them. Do you? She then goes on to say that some of the descriptions I saw were for other links made no sense whatsoever, and they had been harvested off of the site by an automation harvester. So do I trade with them? To tell you the truth, I won't even consider a link exchange unless the person requesting the trade has called me by name. <clears throat> then I know he himself has really visited my site. My name and contact information are easily found there. Huh? Went and saw a couple other articles Not from my business. One was called Deep Linking Strategy for Content Sites by Jack Humphrey, post date August 2021. He writes, there are two ways to get links to your site here. One, ask for a link to your main page in exchange for a link on one of your relevant article pages to the site you're requesting an exchange with. This is from Zen Business. These post dates are 2021. Is Jack emailing Gail? Here we go. Another, <laughs> another post. This is from December 2021. The name of this post is what to expect when buying an expired domain for SEO. And number one that Team Zen Business wrote, thing you should look for is an established backlink profile. Oh. Now, anybody that's a real SE out there knows what we just talked about. But if you don't, I'm going to reference Google's terms of service here, especially the link schemes portion of this. Any links intended to manipulate PageRank or the site's ranking in Google search results may be considered part of a link scheme and in violation of Google's webmaster guidelines. This includes any behavior that manipulates links to your site or outgoing links from your site. The following examples of link schemes which can negatively impact the site's ranking and search results include excessive link exchanges, quote, link to me and I'll link to you, or partner pages exclusively for the sake of cross-linking. And also, John Mueller in 2020 and 2020. One, have talked about why expired domains don't make sense to use in SEO. Particularly, he said, so finding those situations where essentially people are trying to abuse the system by picking up expired domains that are totally unrelated to what they've been working on and hoping to get them to rank well in search, uh, that's something that's a bit tricky. So. They clearly didn't read their content. They just, they took money from them, right? 
Maybe they took money. Links. So I'm Maybe. up in arms. I'm up in arms. That's the point. You can't have, you can't, you're, you're essentially giving them credibility and somebody is going to go look at a post December 2021. Not that long November ago. 2020. We're talking within six months of this. This is ridiculous that that's the case. If it were Barry Schwartz or somebody, like I could see that, or somebody that Barry isn't an SEO, I don't even think he sells SEO services, like something like that. But this is Knows this is stuff. this is blatantly incorrect information that is against Google's own terms of service. But this is the company you're going to learn SEO from. What are we doing here? I kind of want to go to the class. It's full. It's full. <laughs> it's full. <laughs> Too bad. Anyway, that's it in organic, Jess. What's happening in social? First up in social this week, happy Women's History Month, y'all. In honor of it, Pinterest has announced that 10 female-owned businesses will receive funding, training, and more as part of its Pinterest Elevates program. According to this article in Social Media Today, the selected businesses will each get a share of $100,000 in total funding, which is nice. Nice. Also nice, automated captions are coming to videos on Instagram. Adam Masseri tweeted... It is a long time coming, but we are excited to share a new tool that empowers those in the deaf and hard of hearing communities. Video on Instagram, videos on Instagram will now have auto-generated captions where you have the option to turn them off or on. And then he shared a screenshot of the option rather than a video of his own face. And I appreciated that. That is really nice. Yeah. His lips are very easy to read though, because he's very close to the camera. You're just looking at them. <laughs> <laughs> New feature alert, Reddit is launching a new Discover tab. According to Reuters, the new tab will let users scroll through photos and videos from subreddits that are similar to the ones they're already part of. Essentially works the way you would expect a Discover tab to work. The platform said that during testing, one in five users joined at least one new subreddit after using the Discover tab. So this could open up a whole lot of new opportunities on Reddit. I think more engagement, more data on users' interests. So it's great for audience building, hashtag team paid. Maybe there's exciting things to come. Next up from Alessandro Paluzzi at Alex193A on Twitter. He says, Twitter is working on a new feature for Twitter Blue users, the ability to upload videos in 1080p, which might be the first thing that they've done that's worth paying monthly for if you're someone that has something to show off. But who no. can see the video? Only other Twitter Blue people? I don't think so. I think you can just upload it. Like you have the option to upload rather than at a lower resolution. I think the world can see it. I don't get why they just don't make their platform better. I'm going to say it till yes. the cows come Same. home, but why not just let everybody have 1080p video? That would be nice. But if you're trying to stand out amongst your competitors, a couple bucks a month might be worth it. I don't know. It's a thought. I, I, I cannot fathom what they're doing with this Twitter blue. Do you think they're just going to move to a paid-only platform? It's going to be. It's not going to be a, a, a mark my words. 2023, there will be no Twitter blue. It is pointless. Anybody that uses Twitter, there's nobody, there's nothing, you can't edit tweets. You you get better threads. Just give everybody better threads. Give everybody 1080p. I hate it. I'm with you, but if they're not going to, consider it. No, make a platform better. <laughs> Don't consider it. The people considering it can't make the platform better. Okay, fair enough. Mm -hmm. It's also like, out of Twitter, they're the ones that you can only have one minute videos. Yeah, it's also mm -hmm. not a super visual platform, so maybe it doesn't matter. If but. you gave people the ability to make further than one minute videos, that would make sense. Like, I, then I'd be like, all right, like a ten minute. Yeah, video? what can you do in one minute in 1080p? 
Same thing you can do in 140 characters. <laughs> that's why that's over. Yeah. What about 280? <laughs> <laughs> Double it. All right, hold on to your butts, kids. LinkedIn might finally be getting a highly requested feature. According to social media today, the platform's chief product officer, Tomer Cohen, said, and I quote, one of the top requests we got was for a laughing emoji reaction. We hear you loud and clear, and we agree. Humor is indeed a serious business. End quote. That is perfect for reacting to all the knee yeah, slapper business meme content out there. Laughing at all the marketing bros. Mm -hmm. That'd be great. Absolutely love it. <laughs> no, it's going to encourage people more. I they're going to put stupid yeah. stuff up and just get the laughs. I appreciate that they're hearing people. I don't know that that's the thing they need to do, but I pulled that out and put it first. It's not the most important news piece in the story. LinkedIn is looking to offer content performance insights with the new post analytics tools, including data on how many reactions posts receive, whether they're laughing or not, and details about the users that are reading said posts. So you can get some of their information based on like job title, things like that. That's actually really useful. This is part of a broader update that the platform is working on in response to user feedback, hence exploring the laughing reaction. They're just, they're hearing people. And we should expect or at least hope to see a lot more from them soon. According to TechCrunch, LinkedIn has acquired Oribi, which is an Israeli startup that specializes in marketing attribution technology, which could mean great things in the platform. But as this article notes, it could be the start of something bigger. I'm just going to quote it. Notably, Oribi competes with the likes of Google Analytics, which means that now LinkedIn, and by association, Microsoft is also squaring up against one aspect of the formidable Google digital advertising and marketing machine. Yes. Team Microsoft. You're into here. that? I'm just Team Microsoft. He's a Bing user. You're still using Bing? Every day. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm using Edge, so I use Bing. And I usually give it about four searches, and when Bing can't find it, then I go to Google. <laughs> <laughs> Giving away your secrets. <laughs> It's not as good, but it makes me feel better. So. Do you have yeah. Google bookmarked on Edge? No, I, I type it in. Okay. Hmm. Google.com. No. Sticking to the Google, Greg, I appreciate the effort. Life doesn't end when you stop using Google is the one thing I've learned. Like, you can usually get decent stuff with Bing. It's just when you're find, trying to find something very, very, very granular, Google's way better. That's fair. I just have all my tabs and things saved in Chrome. So yeah. It's hard same. to switch. All right. Let's close things out with a chart from Chart of the Day which is at chart of the day underscore on Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> According to this chart, TikTok and Instagram were once again the top U.S. social networking apps of 2021, downloaded 94 million and 64 million times that year, respectively. I don't think anyone's surprised by that, but people have been saying that Snapchat is dead, but it was in third place and only 8 million downloads behind Instagram. Whereas Facebook, on the other hand, saw downloads drop by 11% compared to 2020. So it looks like they might have made a bad impression on people last year. <laughs> and now on to our segment segment. First up, we have a new segment called We All Need Some Smiles This Week. And this week, PPC Greg Broadham. At PPC Greg on Twitter, he had a fantastic tweet that said, You've been kidnapped. You can send one PPC-related tweet to subtly let your followers know Something is wrong. What are you writing? And if you're looking, if you're in PPC and you want to get some lols, you can see all these replies. And it's really funny. So if you need to pick me up, PPC Greg has your back. And this is a new segment called A Tight Knit Group. And it came from Discord. And Valerie Reader, VE Reader on Twitter, had made a post about knitting. And I was instantly enthralled with it. Apparently, there's an e-com crew that paid $80,000 for knitting.com and immediately 
alienated the entire community. And so I got really interested. And there was a podcast that came out and they just made everything sound so transactional. And they're like, oh, we're going to dominate this knitting community and we have the best patterns. And there's a bunch of people right now, it's like a bunch of old grandmas and they said grandmas in there. And then they put up a blog post and they had all these goals of revenue. And it's just like a complete miss on everything. Like if you buy, if you invest in these things, you need to be part of the community and there'll be a whole bunch of, there's, again, there's like open letters to knitting.com. Then they did a redacted blog post, but it's interesting to see how big of a flub that you can do by completely alienating the community after purchasing a domain for $80,000. Like that's not nothing. So um, if you're interested in domains and all that and community, um, Valerie had pointed me in this direction and you can find it over on community.marketingclock.com. And that brings us to our real life segment, straight out of our accounts and into your ear holes. It's time for working hard or hardly working, where we talk about what's going on in our IRL work, good, bad, or otherwise. I was going back and forth with a client this week about possibly renewing their hot jar subscription and it just became clear quickly that we were looking at like different pricing and it turns out that they're testing different pricing tier options on their site, which like I'm all for testing and it wouldn't have even crossed my mind that this could be a problem if I was then, but it was like a really confusing experience when you're trying to figure it out with your client, like what tier they should pick. (laughs) You were seeing different prices, you and the client? Well, if you like scroll to the bottom of one version, you can still find the, like the different options, but there's like, they got rid of a tier of pricing they're testing that so yeah i don't just be aware Hmm. when you're running a test like think about stuff like that like people might be looking at it at different screens and it might be confusing greg what about you Uh, for me for google ads has been horrific lately Hmm. and i was in a couple campaigns and i tried to change the bidding options and it gave me different options than usual and it was like a limited number of them so if you run into that i was trying to i'm like i need maximize conversion value for this one specific campaign and it didn't show up in settings. So if you're in your campaign view and you click on the box of the campaign that you'd like to make change for, you can then go up and adjust the bid type um, right from the main campaign screen and you get everything. So they'll, again, there'll be some pictures up if you want to see that. Maybe they're testing that. <laughs> Back to Hotjar for me, sort of, we had um, a client where we've just been running Hotjar just to see what we can see, and we've been looking at it every couple of weeks just to see you know, if anything sticks out and then report back in our weekly meetings with the client. And I just want to say, A, it's a great tool, right? But the insights that you can get from it are things that I think it's not just about the design or just about the copy or buttons or points of frustration. Some of it is just higher level insights that it makes sense a lot of times for people with different roles at a company to be present for the discussion about because they might have different thoughts on why things were built the way they are or not. And we've been trying to present some of our findings for a couple of weeks now and different people have been missing from this weekly call. And it's just been super refreshing to push it back and wait until everyone's there versus trying to rehash a conversation and do a presentation. And I know sometimes you have to meet a deadline and you have to put something out there, but I just, it's okay, I would say, to offer to say, let's wait on this and wait until all of the important stakeholders are here for this information because sometimes you really could miss valuable input from the client side when you're presenting something. And now for this week's Cool Tool. As a reminder, our Cool Tool segment is not an official endorsement or paid mention. We're simply sharing something we found in our travels that may be of use to our listeners. And is really, really cool. 
This week's cool tool is a list of sweet sheets. And thank you to whoever put that rhyme in the notes for me. <laughs> it was good. <laughs> I would never. I probably wouldn't have either. It's so good. From Shelly Walsh at the Shelly Walsh on Twitter. She says, best Google Sheets formulas for SEO and content audits. Rabbit hole. This is a list of Sheets formulas I use regularly and couldn't live without. Follow the rabbit. Rabbit emoji. Dot, dot, dot. Shelly then goes into a series of tweets where she lists out said formulas, describes what they do when they're useful, and includes videos of them in action. This is things like the split function that splits a cell into different columns around a delimiter like a question mark, which is great for something like separating out UTM parameters. Um, and it, that's just one example. There's a lot in here. Shelly is a saint and also an innovator. I appreciate the rabbit instead of a spool. Threads are dead. Bunnies for life. <laughs> Again, that is at the Shelly Walsh on Twitter. We'll have the direct link to this rabbit hole in our newsletter and on Discord. So pick your poison and check it out. Now it's time for our must-read marketing article of the week. An article so advanced, so in-depth, so detailed that we simply cannot cover it in its entirety on today's show. This week's must-read marketing article of the week comes from John Loomer. He's got a post that is titled about 4,200 visitors driven by a Facebook ad. How many should convert? And John went on to make five different campaigns. One was traffic objective optimizing for landing page views, another for optimizing 70% scroll, another for, there's five of these different types. And I just love a good case study and it's small sizes of some of this, but it was a nice look at this. And if you are interested in Facebook and what the results of these five different campaigns are, don't miss it over on johnloomer.com. Thank you, John. And now onto our playlist of curated songs to work to. You can go over to playlist.marketingaclock.com to see that playlist and tune in with us. Greg, what will you be adding to marketing a playlist this week? I am going with Cirrus, like the cloud, by Bonobo. I will be going with Silk Chiffon by Muna. Thank you for the recommendation, Mr. Jonathan, too, and happy belated birthday. Jess, what will you be adding? <laughs> Miss Narcissist by Courtney Love. All right. <laughs> that does it for today's show, but apparently not for Courtney Love. <laughs> It is now officially not Marketing O'Clock. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to Marketing O'Clock. If you're looking for more information on today's topic, head over to marketingoclock.com slash newsletter to receive every single article we covered. We share the news as it breaks in our Discord community. Head over to community.marketingoclock.com to join. Welcome to this week's Shoot in the Heck. We're after our famous Friday news show. We don't talk about marketing anymore. We just... Shoot the heck. And this week, we will be playing a game that some of us tolerate barely. It is called <laughs> Travel Buddies. It's everybody's favorite game. Literally everybody's <laughs> favorite game. This is a game it's where... It's not even a game. <laughs> Greg gives two options of people you're going to travel the world with, but... Like, you're in a vacuum and no rules apply. I don't even know. No, and you're a very one of the people. Rules. Just pick who you want to travel the world with. And, and you have to come up with a group decision, you two, and that's it. And it's, it's always wrong. It's always okay. wrong. No, there's that's a why it's not a game. On the paper. We're yeah, right. you probably wrote both and you just circle one. Okay. First <clears> off, <throat> two kinds of people traveling the world. You, you said two kinds of people. You just admitted it's the same game. No, there's, there's, <laughs> it's, 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 it's travel edition. <laughs> it's travel buddies. Two different people. You will not 
encounter an animal on this trip. Okay, it's a global trip. <laughs> Where are you going? The mall? Two kinds of people <laughs> that you're traveling with, aka travel buddies. Snake guy or fish guy? What do those mean? You like snakes? Somebody that has an aquarium mm. full of fish. Okay. Or has a no snake. No brainer. No brainer. Fish. No, snake guy. <laughs> Snake guy has to feed his pet once a month, no worries. Fish guy is worried the entire time that someone's taking care of his saltwater aquarium because they're high maintenance. Jess, snakes are disgusting. There's no snakes on the trip, though. I think I understand the game yes. now. Yeah. Yes, there's no, there's <laughs> so no animal. Just that persona. Is it doesn't matter. Why would you respect a person who spends their time with a disgusting, slimy, slithery animal? Britney Spears, VMAs, green dress. Big well, snake. She's an icon. She's not a snake person. We can't agree. So what are we going to do? What's the answer on Greg's paper? I, we should get, pick that one. One of you is right. Chef's <laughs> in charge. She can pick. Okay. We're going with the fish person. You're, that's who you're choosing to go on vacation with. Yeah. Oh, you were so close. Jess, you should have put up a bigger fight. I don't fight with Chef. Because the fish person... Everything that they do is about like mystique and it's just too much. It's like you go in, you go into their house and you're sitting on a couch and you just hear bubbles all the time and you've got little neon lights and black lights. And the snake person just likes snakes. The fish person is gonna make you go out of the way, see all kinds of stuff that you don't care about at all. But you just <laughs> you want somebody that just likes animals, that just likes snakes. The fish person likes the spectacle and likes compliments. And the snake person it's weird, but they like snakes. They're harmless. Okay, this yeah. was the worst yet. No, have you seen the movie question? Road Trip? Oh my gosh. The answer is snake person. You did not have an answer planned when you asked the question. It's on okay. the paper. <laughs> Look at the paper. It's All a right. phone. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next up. Somebody that plays the lottery or somebody that's a gambler. Aren't they the same thing? Are we talking lottery tickets or no, like quick draw? What are we talking? Lottery is lottery. It's just like a monthly thing, like scratch offs. It plays or the lottery. Publishers Clearinghouse. It can be scratch off. It can be a lot of Powerball, mm. where there's no skill involved, or a gambler. Gamblers don't require skill. A sport, a poker people. Player. A sports butter or a lottery player. Yeah, so poker people aren't on the table. They're not. They're a gambler. Okay. There's skill yeah. involved. This is a gamble. Neither, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what do you Where are we going? Are we going to Vegas? Across the, across the globe. We're not going to Vegas. It's not about the gambling. It's not about the gambling. <laughs> okay. But if it was, I don't want to go with that guy. I would say I don't want to go with the sports person because they are going to need to be consumed by making sure they're watching the game. They're not gambling on the trip. But if you are addicted to gambling, you have to know the score of the game. You're constantly mm -hmm. looking. You have to see. You're so, always looking yeah, at your roster. Always thinking about final answer? Yeah. Yeah, Incorrect. I'm with Shep. <laughs> because those people are obsessive. They're obsessive people. And they're... Right. They, so. No, people that play the lottery are simple. They're just like... they just like wasting a few minutes of their day by playing the lottery. People that gamble, they are all in committed to everything that they do. They're going to be too intense... They're gonna be. It's gonna be too much. It's gonna be too much. You want somebody that's just like, oh, look at this little thing. I'm gonna throw my money away, and I know that fifty six percent, you know, cents come back on every dollar from the lottery. Aren't I you think you contradicted yourself in your <laughs> answer, but okay. We shouldn't travel no, with it's Greg. It's, it's yeah. simple. He sports gambles. <laughs> okay. Do you have any more? I have one more. Okay. 
Okay, we got to make this good because you guys are really uh, dragging this this down here. Mm. All right, so somebody that has a chess and checkerboard, but you get to pick the person who you're going with. One person will has all the everybody has the pieces. One person will not play chess; they'll only play checkers on the board, and the other person will only play checkers and not play chess on the board. What? I don't know how to play chess, so I'm paying checkers. There's they, no chess boards. And they the have the pieces. The the, both of them have a complete set. You're saying one's yes. a checkers guy. One person will not one's a chess play guy. checkers for the life of them. The other person will not play chess for the life of them. I think a person who plays chess and doesn't play checkers takes life too seriously, and they think they're above the checkers players. 100%. So I'm going with checkers. Agree. You would think that would be the answer, but it's not. Of course not, because you just always contradict <laughs> what we go paper. with. It's not. You want the chess person, because they put in so much more work. If you think about it, checkers, my seven-year-olds can play checkers and beat me, basically. Not really, but uh, chess takes a lot more. They're going to be so much more strategic in where to go. They're going to have so many better ideas. They're going to, that's why you're like, you're thinking moves ahead. You're thinking no. chess, not checkers. You want somebody that's going to have that dynamic thinking on your trip. They are going to spend 45 minutes deciding which entree to pick because it yes. pairs with no, the right dessert. because they're thinking seven moves ahead. They're thinking about <clears throat> the entree for three days from now. Man, I don't want to be with that person. You want to travel with that person? No, absolutely. Give me the checkers. Oh, well, King sorry. me. You're wrong. Over three. Okay. Well, as always today, we learned not to travel with Greg Finn, and we'll see you next week.